Lord's heart open wide from the depths, from the heights. I will bring a sacrifice with these hands lifted high. Hear my song, hear my cry. I will bring a sacrifice. I will bring a sacrifice. I lay me down, I'm not my own. I belong to you alone. Lay me down, lay me down. Oh, hand on my heart, this much is true. There's no
give him an offering this morning. How many of y'all are glad to be here?
let's just go before God. Lay all our burdens down. God, I just ask you to move in this place. That we remember and recognize the things that you've done for us. Sending your son to die for us to take our blame, to take our penalty. silence the roaring lion 
Again, good to see all of you here. Glad you came to uh, worship with us today. Uh, one more quick announcement. Uh, I was going to save to the end, but I'll go ahead and hit it now. Uh, tonight is our church picnic, uh, so we hope that you all plan on coming and being a part of our fun uh, time together tonight. We'll be having hamburgers, hot dogs cooked on the grill. All of that's provided. The the buns, the stuff to go on the hot dogs is all provided. We just ask that you bring a side along that you can share. It says a family side. That means a shareable side. Uh, and as we mentioned last week, uh, what else is a side? Desserts. All right. Some of you listen, paid attention. So desserts are a side. So uh, anyway, come, be a part of that. Even if you haven't signed up uh, yet, you can still come. Bring your family, bring your friends. We're going to have a great time uh, tonight together. If you would, turn in your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter 6. Uh, Shane mentioned last week that we're going to be beginning a new series of messages going through the summer on leadership. And we're going to be looking at different Bible uh, characters over the next uh, few weeks. We're going to look at their leadership as they led in many different ways. And as he also mentioned last week, that all of us, in some form or fashion, are leaders. I don't know if you understand that or not, but each one of us here probably has someone that is looking up to us. Someone who is watching us and watching how we act, watching what we do, and we are a leader in some way to them. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at different uh, styles of leadership, different ways that God uses people to lead in others' lives. And it is our prayer that each one of us would be able to uh, grow through that. We would recognize uh, ways that God wants to use us as we invest in the lives of others. But more importantly, that over the next several weeks, that we will uh, grow closer in our relationship to God as he is our great leader who leads us in all areas of our life. Now, I don't think many would argue with this statement today that we are in need of good leadership in our world. We are in need of great leadership around us each and every day. And when you look at the, the leaders around us, sometimes they are leading in a very positive way, but there are also a lot of leaders who lead in a very negative way. And I hope that it is your prayer to be a leader who leads in a good way. But in order for us to have good leaders in our world today, I believe that it starts with each one of us individually. It begins right here. It begins with you. It begins with me. So as we go through these lessons this summer, again, our prayer is that you would be challenged and you would be encouraged in your own personal walk with the Lord. So today we're going to look at a story that is very familiar to us. The story is found in Genesis chapter 6, and it is the story of a man by the name of Noah. How many of you have heard the story of Noah and the ark, all right? How many of you remember that story as a little kid, and you maybe remember a book that was shown to you, had the nice little pictures of all the animals, the nice ark, the nice water, and how wonderful it looked, and it was just a cute little story, right? Well, the reality is, knowing the ark, it's a great story, but it's really not a cute story. Because of the way things were going in our world, the world was, was out of control, the world had turned against God, and God had looked at the world and he said, I'm not pleased. 
So it, it is not a, a cute little story that we may remember, but it is a wonderful story that we can learn from today. So before we begin to read our passage this morning, I want us to think a little bit about this man, Noah. And just who was Noah? Well, Noah is the grandson of Methuselah. Now, most of us know that Methuselah was the oldest man that ever lived. Lived to be 969 years old. Can you imagine? I would definitely not want to live that long in our world today. But Methuselah lived to be 969 years old, and Methuselah had a son by the name of Lamech. And Lamech is the father of Noah. And so when Noah was born, an interesting uh, thing that we see in Genesis 5.29, when Lamech talks about his name, he says, this is one who will comfort us and bring us relief. Now, I find that statement very interesting because here's the father of Noah, and we know the story of Noah. We know what happens, but Lamech says, here's one that's going to bring us comfort and relief. Now, what we can say about Lamech was that when he saw his son Noah, he had great expectations for his son. But what he did not realize is how all this was going to play out, how God was going to use his son in an incredible way in his life. Now, when Noah was 500 years old, he had three sons himself. Now, living 969 years old would be one thing, but can you imagine having three sons at the age of 500? And look what he names his sons. He names them Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, that sounds like trouble right there, just by the name that he gives them. Man, 500 years old, three sons, and it's an interesting time in his life. But it's also during this time that God was looking at the way things were going in the world. And as we're going to see in just a moment, God was grieved by the things that were going on. So Noah would have been around 480 years old when God looked down and he said, I don't like the way things are going. Man's life is going to be 120 years. And it was 120 years when the flood came. So Noah would have been 600 years old. Many say that it took Noah 120 years to build the ark, going back to that time frame. But the reality is, we don't know exactly how long it took Noah to build the ark, but it was somewhere within that 120-year period. Very well could have taken the whole time. It could have taken 70 years, as some would suggest. But no matter how long it took, we can all say that it took Noah a long time to build the ark. And during this time... People were watching. They were watching as he was working, watching, wondering what he was doing. And we know according to Scripture that during this time in history that man was very wicked. As a matter of fact, man was so wicked that the Lord regretted that he had made them. Now this was not a regret or a grieving as though God had made a mistake because we know that God does not make mistakes but it was a grieving because God gave man the ability to choose. And what man was choosing was to disregard God and God's ways. Man was choosing to live out his own life and his own desires and his own ways that pleased him rather than living in such a way that pleased God. Man was turning his back on God and, and snubbing his nose at God. And saying that God really doesn't matter. He doesn't have a place in my life. He doesn't have any room around me. 
sounds very similar to our world today, the world that we live in. So as we keep these things in mind, we're going to read the story about Noah in Genesis chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse 5 in just a moment. But as again, as we think about this story, I'm reminded of a young girl who loved hearing the story of Noah in the ark. Her grandfather had a book that he would take her through, and it was one of those books, like I mentioned a while ago, that many of us saw when we were young. And it was a cute little book with a cute little story about Noah in the ark. But the girl was beginning to get more and more curious about this story. And one day while she was sitting on her grandfather's lap and he was reading the story, she stopped and she looked up at his face and she said, Grandpa, were you in the ark? <laughs> Grandpa kind of chuckled and said, no, I wasn't in the ark. And he kept on reading the story. But her mind just kept working. And finally, she looked up at him again, and she said, then how come you didn't drown? Well, Noah, here we go. Noah chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, says, When the Lord saw the human wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I created off the face of the earth, together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and birds of the sky. For I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. These are the family records of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God, and Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature had corrupted its way on the earth. Then God said to Noah, I have decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it with pitch inside and outside. This is how you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. You are to make a roof, finishing the sides of the ark to within 18 inches of the roof. You are to put a door in the side of the ark, make it with lower, middle, and upper decks. Understand that I am bringing a flood, floodwaters on the earth, to destroy every creature under heaven and the breath of life in it. Everything on the earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives. You are also to bring into the ark two of all the living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of everything, from the birds according to their kinds, from the livestock according to their kinds, and from the animals that crawl on the ground according to their kinds." will come to you so that you can keep them alive. Take with you every kind of food that is eaten. Gather it as food for you and for them. And Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded him to do. Now as we consider the leadership lessons that we learned from Noah, we see in this chapter several things that I want us to look at today. 
Now, as you look at the life of Noah and you look at his leadership, there are so many things that we can point out. And if I pointed out everything that we saw in this chapter and in the next couple of chapters, we would be here for about two weeks. So I know you don't want to be here that long, so I picked out four things that I want us to look at and consider this morning. And the first thing is this. Great leaders build their lives on the right foundation. Great leaders build their lives on the right foundation. Notice what verse 9 says about Noah. Verse 9 says that Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God. If you underline things in your Bible, that's a great uh, line to underline right there. Noah walked with God. Noah had a personal relationship with God. To walk with God means that you're walking with him like a friend would walk with another friend or like a son would walk with a dad. Noah walked with God. He knew God and he spent time with God. While the rest of the world was going in their own direction, following their own plans and their own desires, Noah was building his life on the right foundation and that foundation was his relationship with God. Noah was following the ways of the Lord. Noah was building his life upon the right foundation, and it showed. Because it says that Noah was blameless in the eyes of his contemporaries. That means that those were, that were around him, his neighbors, his friends, people that he had acquaintance with, could find no fault in Noah. He was blameless in their eyes. Why was he blameless in their eyes? Because he was following God's way. He was following God's plan. He was following God's path. He was walking with God every day in his relationship with him. Noah was more concerned about his relationship with God than he was about fitting in with the world around him. Noah was building on that relationship and that right foundation. Now, building anything on the right foundation is very important. Several years ago, many years ago now, Lori and I were building a house. And we knew that when we built this house, even at a young age, we knew how important the right foundation was. So when we began to find people to help us build the house, I wanted to find the best foundation person that I could find. And I searched around and I asked people who were building houses and I found what I thought was the best foundation guy in the area. And a guy that helped us find the lot, a good friend of mine, was doing the uh, work, the dirt work in the neighborhood where we were building the house. And he said, I have told my crew every night when they get ready to park their equipment to park it on your lot. Why? Because he understood that parking that equipment on the lot was going to pack that foundation and it was going to give us a solid foundation on which to build that house. And the foundation of that house was very strong, very sturdy, and very good. Several years later, we moved to an area, and the area, the housing market was crazy at that time, and it hasn't got any better, but it was crazy at that time. And we were having a hard time finding a house in our price range in the area that we really needed to be in. And finally, we found the house. The house was in the right price range. It was in the right location. There was only one problem with that house, and it was the foundation. The foundation of that house had issues, and you could tell when you went through the house that it had foundation issues. 
But going against my better judgment, because we finally found a house, we needed a place to live, and it was time for us to move, I went ahead and purchased that house. And guess what? Over the next several years that we lived in that house, it cost me all the time. There was always something going on. Why? Because the the foundation was not right. I hope you understand today that the way we build our life and the foundation that we build our life upon is extremely important. And we must build our life on the right foundation. Jesus talks about building our lives on the right foundation in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus said, the one who builds his life upon these words of mine is like a wise builder who builds his life upon the rock. Jesus is saying it is the wise builder who builds his house upon the right foundation. And Jesus was saying the words that I'm speaking, the truth that I'm speaking is the right foundation to build your house upon. And he says the rains came, the rivers rose, the winds blew, yet the house stood because it was built upon the rock. But then he goes on to say that the foolish builder built his house upon the sand. And when the storms came, the house fell because it was built upon the wrong foundation. And in Matthew seven twenty seven, it says that it collapsed with a great crash. Very important words. That if we build our life upon the right foundation, when the storms of life come, then we are going to be able to withstand the storms because our life is built upon the solid rock, which is Jesus Christ. Our life is built upon the right foundation, the solid foundation. But if we build our lives upon any other foundation, if we build it upon our own desires, our own thoughts, our own ways, just like the people in Noah's day were building their lives, then when the storms of life come, there will be a big crash. How many of you understand today that there are going to be storms in life, right? Many of us have faced many different difficult storms. We understand exactly what that means. And the winds are going to blow and the waters are going to rise. But how is our life going to stand? It is going to stand when it is built upon the right foundation. On Christ, the solid rock. I'll build my life because I know that all other ground is what? Sinking ground. And it will give away. And that foundation will crumble and the building on top of it will fall. Listen, if you don't get anything else out of this message today, please get this today. If your life is built upon any other foundation than the foundation of Jesus Christ, then you are headed for destruction. It will fall. It will collapse. And it will be a big crash. Noah understood this in his life. He walked with God. He built his life upon the right foundation. And that foundation was found in his relationship with God. Secondly, great leaders shine their light in the darkness. Great leaders shine their light in the darkness. Oh, you don't have to look around very far to realize that we're living in a dark world and things continue to get darker and darker. And by the way, if you read through the scripture, you're going to see that before Christ returns, that things are going to continue to get darker. But we have an opportunity to shine our light and to let our light shine bright, the light of Christ shine in the world. How many of you have heard that while Noah was building the ark, 
that people made fun of him and people criticized him the whole time. Anybody heard that? Well, how many of you saw that in the passage we just read? It's not there. But we can assume that that is the case. Looking at the way people were living their lives and looking at what was going on in that time, it is very plausible that people did make fun of him, that people did criticize him. And he endured the scoffers. Second Peter 2.5 tells us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And you can imagine in that dark day when people were turning their backs on God, they weren't concerned about God, and now you have a preacher of righteousness that stands up and through his life is preaching righteousness. It is very plausible to say that there were critics around him that were making fun of him, saying all kinds of things to him, probably trying to discourage him along the way. And that is certainly true in our world today as well. If you stand for God and you stand for the things of God, it's not going to be very long before you will have critics. You will have people that make fun of you, people that come against you, people that say you're crazy for believing what you believe about God and living for him. Let me remind you today that the more that you stand for righteousness, the more that you stand for the things of God, the more the world around you is going to take notice and the more that the world around you is not going to like you. Jesus mentioned this in John 15, 18 when he said, if the world hates you, know that it hated me first. Jesus gave us a warning there to know uh, so that we could know that as we stand for righteousness, that we're probably not going to be the most popular person in the world around us. Why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Throughout Scripture, we see that there's a separation of what is called light and what is called darkness. Light stands for God's glory. The light is the truth of God and the righteousness that comes only through His Son, Jesus Christ. The darkness is just the opposite. The darkness, according to Ephesians 6.12, is ruled by the powers of Satan and his demons. So very simply, from the beginning until this day that we live in, there's a battle between the light and a battle between the darkness. There's a battle of good versus evil. And we need to understand and we need to remember that the darkness does not like the light. And the darkness will do anything possible to turn out the light. That is why Ephesians 6, we are told to put on the full armor of God. To put on the full armor of God daily so that we can stand against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness. To stand against the spiritual host of wickedness. To stand as a light that is shining brightly in the darkness. During World War II, Britain imposed blackout conditions during the German Blitz. People had blackout curtains on their windows. They made uh, covers that would go above headlights on vehicles so that you could not see the light of the vehicle from above if you were in a plane. And they did this because they knew that if there was any light that was shining, the enemy would know right where to attack. So even if there was a little crack in the curtain, there was a problem in a house. So they monitored it very closely. Why? Because they knew that even a, a little tiny light shining through a crack in a curtain could be seen for miles and miles away when the aircraft of the enemy was coming in. 
Listen, we need leaders in our world today that will stand and not just be little cracks of light shining throughout, but will stand as cities on a hill, boldly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ so that his light will shine bright for the entire world to see. And that's what Noah was doing in his day. When it says that Noah was a righteous man, Noah was a light that was shining in the darkness. And you know that when a light shines in the darkness, when it's good versus evil, that evil does not like good and evil will come against good with all of its forces. So it is probable to say that Noah faced all kinds of opposition in his day. I mean, can you imagine people coming up and saying, Noah, why, why are you building a boat? There's no need for a boat. There's no lakes to put the boat on. What do you mean God said there's going to be a flood? There's never been a flood. It doesn't even rain hard enough for there to be a flood. Noah, what are you doing? Did God really say that this is what he wants you to do? Noah, you are a foolish man to think that God would have even told you something like that. And you could go on and on and on to think of the things that people may have said to Noah during his day. But Noah didn't back down. Because Noah knew what God had called him to do. And Noah was going to stand as, as a light in his world, even if he had to stand alone. You know, sometimes standing alone is not very easy, right? Especially when you're standing for God. And sometimes when you're standing for God, you will find yourself standing alone. But it is very important that we continue to stand as a light in the darkness, 1 Peter 1.9 says that he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God has called us out of darkness. He has brought us into the light of Christ. He has brought us into a relationship with him. And Ephesians 5.8 says, you were once darkness, but now you are light. Live as children of light. Noah was an example to us of how to live as a child of light in a dark world. To stand, even if we have to stand alone at times. We need leaders who will stand and say that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We need people who will stand and say that I'm not ashamed to stand for God and his righteousness because I trust God and I believe God and I love God. Why? Because he first loved me. I am not ashamed to stand, even though it is not a popular thing to do in the world around me, to stand for God. We need leaders who will stand even though the culture says that that is not what you should be doing and that you are foolish for doing that. Good leaders stand, shining their light in the darkness, even if they stand alone. Thirdly, great leaders follow God's plan. This is very important for us that we need to understand that God has a plan for us, and we need to follow God's plan. God gave Noah a very specific plan on building the big boat. And this is very important for Noah because he didn't have another boat he could go and look at and say, well, if I build it this way, maybe this will work. Or if I do it this way, maybe this will work. He had no idea how to build a boat because one had never been built before. And so God gave him specific instructions. We see that beginning in, in verse 14. He even tells him exactly what kind of wood to build the boat out of. God gave very specific instructions for this boat. Now, I wonder how many of you are like me today, 
when I get that box that says some assembly required, sometimes I panic a little bit. Sometimes I get a little excited. Depends on the day and how I'm feeling. So I get out my tools, I get ready, and I open up the box, and the very first thing I do is I hunt for that instruction page or that instruction booklet. How many of you are with me so far? All right, a few of you. And as soon as I find that instruction booklet or page, I throw it out of the way so it will no longer be in my way when I start getting things out and figuring out what's what, right? I mean, it's just always in the way. Well... Sometimes that instruction booklet comes very handy, right? Especially if you buy furniture from Ikea. You have to have it. So we have that instruction booklet, and Noah had an instruction booklet, and it says that he did everything just as God had instructed him to do. We need to remember in our lives that God has given us an instruction booklet, a big book, not a booklet. It is a book. And too many times in our lives, we throw it aside. And we say, I got this. I can do this. I got the tools I need. I can build my life, and it'll be a great life. Only to find out that we need God's instruction booklet because there are some pieces, there are some parts, there are some things that fit together just right, and if we don't have the right instructions, we are never going to figure it out on our own. Noah built the ark. Noah had the instructions, very specific instructions. And good leaders know the importance of a good plan. If you go on Google today and Google why leaders need a good plan to follow, you'll find all kinds of answers. I know that because I did that last night. I wonder what Google has to say about leaders following a plan. And I found all kinds of nice quotes. I found all kinds of instructions, different things for leaders to follow. But I love this one. It says, if you don't have a plan, you won't have focus. You'll go in numerous directions trying to figure out what to do next. And I thought, man, that is a description of my life. Every time I am not following God's plan. I don't have focus. I find myself going in all kinds of directions. I find myself making all kinds of turns and and finding myself in places going, how in the world did I end up here? And it's all because I did not follow God's instructions and God's plan for my life. God has a plan for our lives. Matter of fact, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be living and holy sacrifices, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, renewing your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for your life, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. God's plan for your life is a good plan. God's plan for your life is a pleasing plan. And God's plan for your life is a perfect plan. And this passage reminds us that God's plan for our life is right here. It's not something we really have to search hard for. That God has laid it out for us through his word. God gives us direction through his spirit. And I must confess today that I believe this with all of my heart. And I 
trust God's word and I trust the guiding of his spirit in my life. But there are times that I will still take a turn and I will try to do it on my own only to find myself in a mess. And I'm glad that's just me today. I'm glad you guys aren't like that, but I, but I am. And I have to turn back. I look back at God's word and I have to trust him. And I say, God, uh, forgive me. I've made a mess of this again. And I turn back to him and I get back on his plan, remembering that his plan is always better. God's way is always better than our way. God's plan is always bigger than our plan. And his plan for your life is more rewarding, more fulfilling, and better than you ever dreamed. Listen, God's plan in my life has taken me places I never dreamed that I would go. His plan has allowed me to see things that I never dreamed I would be able to see. And his plan has brought about greater joy and greater rewards than I ever dreamed possible. And great leaders understand this and they follow God's plan. And then fourthly, the last thing, great leaders finish the task. Great leaders finish the task. Again, we're not sure how long it took Noah to build the ark. Could have been 75 years, could have been 120 years. Either way, it was a long period of time. And if you're, again, anything like me, and you start a task that takes very long, you will get distracted and you will go on to other things because that plan is taking too long or that task is taking too long. And I wonder in Noah's life, as I was reading through this last night, I, again, I began to wonder and think, I, I wonder if there were days that Noah got discouraged on building the ark. I wonder if days, there were days that Noah got up and his back was sore, his knees were aching. He said, oh, man, I just don't know that I want to do anything on the ark today. I, you know, I'm 500 plus years old. There's other things I should be doing with my life right now. I mean, there's got to be a golf course somewhere, right? Got to be a beach somewhere. Probably wouldn't have been a beach somewhere yet. But there's got to be something that I can go and do that would be better than building the ark. And at that time in our life, when we start feeling that way and we start thinking those ways and we start thinking, man, there's got to be something different, something better, then that's when our mind begins to work. And that's when Satan has an opportunity to bring in that question, well, did God really say to build an ark? Well, what about your sons? Pass it on to them. Maybe God was telling them to build the ark. Or Noah, maybe, maybe you really didn't hear God right. And he said, just build a little tiny fishing boat, a small one. Maybe, maybe you're supposed to be doing something else. I just wonder, we don't read that in the scripture, but I, I just wonder if there were ever days that Noah got discouraged and just said, God, I don't want to today. Have you ever been there? I know that I've been there in my life where I get up and I'm discouraged and maybe I'm not feeling right. And I just said, God, I don't know that I want to go on with this task. But great leaders know that we finish the task. And we don't just finish the task, but we finish the task strong. We complete what God has put out there for us. And we follow through all the way to the end. And Noah followed through. And again, it says that Noah completed what God did. Noah finished what God had called him to do. Noah did, in verse 22, everything that God had commanded. 
Even if there were days he didn't feel like doing it, he went and completed the task that God had for him. Good leaders finish, and they finish strong. So I wonder today, as you think about the life of Noah and we consider our own lives, would you say today that your life is built upon the right foundation? And that is that it's built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. That you are following God in your life and your life is being built daily upon the right foundation. Not that you haven't made mistakes and you don't continue to stumble and fall every now and then along the way. But you are walking with God in your life. Today, if you're not building your life upon the right foundation, which is Jesus Christ, then my prayer would be for you to look to him and to give your life to him. Surrender your life to him. Say, today, I'm going to start building my life on that right foundation of Jesus Christ. How well is your light shining in the darkness? Are you following God's plan for your life? And are you finishing strong? Let's look at the example that Noah gives us through uh, his life and what we read in the Scripture. Let's allow God to speak to our hearts today through that. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you today for this time to study your word, this time to be encouraged through your word as we look at the leadership lessons that we learned from Noah. And God, I pray that today we would just open up our hearts to you. And God, we would allow you to show us what you would have for us to see through this passage today. And God, I pray for each one of us today. God, if there's anyone here who has not place their faith and trusting in you, and they're building their life on the wrong foundation, that even now your spirit would just draw them unto yourself, and that today they would commit their lives to you, and they would be in, begin building their life upon the right foundation. God, I pray that these other lessons we would just allow you to speak to our hearts. God, areas that we need improvement in, God, areas that that we are doing good in, and we just use that as an encouragement today. But God, help us to hear from you, to know what you want for us. What's the next step for us? In Christ's name I pray, amen.